Hello guys and welcome to another episode of the Hilo podcast. I hope you're having a great day. I hope you're having a great time. And I hope you're excited for this episode because this one is a little bit different. This episode marks my first episode with an official guest. Uh, today's guest is someone who has been doing presentation case competitions for many years during his stay at university. And by doing these case competitions, he developed the skills in helping others communicate effectively. And that is the main reason why he started his YouTube channel. And if you are interested in knowing more, the name of the channel is Master Talk. Um, today's guest is someone who has a philanthropic spirit behind what he's doing because he is offering a lot of um, the experiences that he gained over the years. Uh, for free which is something that not a lot of people do to be honest and he gives you valuable information that are actually useful for you and are gonna transform you towards the better um, this guy as, as I've said before having the ability to communicate effectively is very is a very important skill to today's world Hopefully we'll understand why. Hopefully we'll get to see the purpose behind uh, Brendan's motivation to starting his YouTube channel and becoming a communication coach. Um, but before we get the conversation going, we should probably roll the intro. How's it going? How's life? Life's good. Life's good, Visa. How are you, man? I'm I'm really excited that you're here, and I'm really glad that you accepted. You know the invitation. Uh, we just like recently started and recently kicked our podcast. Did you have like the opportunity to listen to any of the episodes? I didn't, unfortunately, but happy to learn more. No, yeah. So uh, we we started this podcast because I I just wanted to influence people in a positive way. I wanted to leave an impression and hopefully if this kicks and it becomes something big, then I'll have the opportunity to influence more people. I'll have the opportunity to share my ideas and even learn through the process. But uh, yeah, I'm, I'm, I really wanna know more about you, more about what you do, Brendan. I'm, I was really impressed by your profile, to be honest. Oh, thanks, man. It's very kind of you, man. It's great to see the, the work that you're doing, too. But yeah, man, for, for me, the story started when I was in college. I went to university in business school, and I did these things called case competitions. Think of it like professional sports, but for nerds. So while other guys my age were playing rugby and footy and cricket and basketball, you wouldn't see me play any of those things. I did case competitions which was essentially presentations that were competitive that's how i learned how to speak but then as i got older Faisal, i started coaching the students in college on how to speak not because i was great but because the alternative they had was a rock so i guess they picked me so i started to help them 
And that's what led to the YouTube channel Master Talk, because I realized that everything that I was sharing with them wasn't available for free on the internet. So I started making videos and here we are today a few years later. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I, unfortunately, I was, you know, the kind of people who were playing sports at university and stuff, but nothing you, wrong with that. I mean, like you're tackling something that I think is really important. And I think a lot of people struggle with, and I struggle with as well. It took me some time to get used to the, to public speaking, you know, doing presentations, being professional, knowing what to say and what not to say. But I, I think I still struggle in certain areas, for instance, like, uh, let's say, speaking clearly, enunciating words properly. Uh, those are ways I would like to improve. And, but like, to begin with, you said, like, going back to what you said, when you first started, you've noticed that there, there weren't like any information that are available for the public. So you started giving people advice, but how did you yourself gain all of that information? Very good question, Faisal. So, so for me, it was a bit different because as you can tell, I'm not the oldest speech coach in the world. I'm probably your age. I'm 26 currently. So when I started, when I started Mass Talk, I was, I was around 22. So I didn't have a PhD in communication. Right? I have a bachelor's degree in accounting. So a lot of my experience came from trial and error. So when I started doing well in these competitions in university and I started winning them, when I started coaching the students, they would help me figure out what I was sharing that was working and what wasn't working. So I would teach them something and it wasn't getting them the result. And then I taught them something else and it got them the result. So I just documented for probably three or four years because I coached like 70 people, 50 or 70 people in like three years from that program, which is pretty insane because I started coaching people when I was 19. So I have like seven years of experience, but I'm only 26. So I started to coach all these people and I was figuring out what was working or what was it. So I just documented all of that. And that's what I created videos from. That's one piece. The other piece was the questions they were asking me. Like a podcast, people would ask me a ton of questions that I didn't really know the answer to, but I would spend every day thinking about the answer. So if somebody said, how do I improve as an introvert? I would go, hmm, well, there's not much content out there on that. Let me think about it. So I'd talk to my introverted friends and I would analyze them and I'd say, well, they're better at listening. They're better at pausing and they're also more accessible. And then I'll make a video and then I would just do that over and over again. But after you've done as many interviews as I have and as many coaching sessions as in many discussions, eventually you just the content comes, but it evolves over time for sure. What about the people who join your uh, like your sessions? Are they do they do it for university purposes or is it for work? Like what are the different reasons that people decided to join uh, like your channel or maybe your sessions? I want to learn more. Absolutely, Faisal. I love your questions. With so, so one part of it is, you're right, the YouTube channel. That's more general public. So that's for anyone who can't afford a coach. That's my dream. That's my goal with Master Talks to be the next Dale Carnegie. That's my focus. So for that channel, it's really anybody. So that could be a university student, someone ambitious who wants to change the world but can't afford a coach. That's basically what Master Talk is for. So it could be like a 13-year-old girl in Cameroon. It doesn't matter. It's really the general public. Who hires me to coach them is very different though, Faisal. Because who hires me to coach me gives me money because my YouTube channel is very expensive to run. Like it's not cheap to hire the team that I do to make those kinds of videos. So they give me the money in exchange for me helping them myself and holding their hand. 
is I can use that money to make better YouTube videos. That's basically how the business works. Because the ultimate goal is to help everyone on earth. And I know everyone can't afford a coach. But now the question is, who buys communication coaching services? And this is something I struggled with at the beginning. I didn't really know who did. Because I tried selling to students. It didn't work because they were broke. I tried selling to business owners who were in their 20s. It didn't work because they were all broke. So what ended up working is three different categories. One is technology professionals who are already successful in their careers, but wanted to become vice presidents. So let's say you're a tech guy or a gal, you live in the US, you make $125,000, $150,000 a year. That person will invest in coaching because their next promotion will make them $200,000. So that person will spend money on me. The second one is the CEO of a company. It's usually somebody who has a PhD, a scientific company, some type of STEM profession where they want to speak better, but they suck because they're super detail-oriented. That person will spend thousands of dollars to get fixed quickly because they'll make more money. And then the third type of person is the podcast host or the coach, the person who wants to amplify their message, who has a big vision, communication amplifies it. So that's the that's a long answer to your question. It seems like all of them are high profile people or like two of the three that you've mentioned are high profile people. So why is it so important? Why is speaking so important for them? Yeah, I wouldn't say, I mean, you're right in the sense the high profile is important. Some of them are, but I would also argue that some of these CEOs are just getting their business started. They just have money from people around them. Maybe they worked a corporate job before they started their business. Maybe their parents are paying for their education. That's some cases for some of my clients where they have a PhD, let's say in organic chemistry, but their parents are, are, are throwing the money for the PhD. So they'll spend the 3000 I actually get the money from the parents. So, so it, always, it always depends. But why is it important to them? Very simple. Because their dream, their priority necessitates communication. All of us need communication phase on our life because it improves our life. It makes us better with their family. It makes us better with the people around us. It helps us talk to strangers. It helps us communicate with ourselves. But even if it's important for all of us, very few people are willing to spend money on it. That's a different conversation. So when we enter the money conversation, it needs to be more about if I spend a few thousand dollars to hire somebody like Brendan, what ROI am I getting? And for most people, the ROI might not be there, Faisal. It might just be, well, will I really spend two, three, five thousand dollars to hire someone to help me communicate better with my family? Maybe it's not worth it to me. But for a CEO of a company, they're going to spend five, ten thousand dollars on a coach because a sale for them is worth fifty thousand dollars. So even if they get one sale, they they make way more money. And the executive is the same thing, Faiso. Sure, five thousand dollars might be a lot of money for that executive, but if they get their next salary increase at work, what's five thousand dollars? If they guarantee the result, and I'll make fifty, it paying five thousand is a no brainer. And, and that's the way you need to think about it from a value perspective. Well, here we're talking about, you know, it's the idea of getting a promotion. But like what I wanted to tackle more is why is it so important that we have those skills in life that would take us so far? For instance, like let's say having the ability for a salesman, having the ability to speak well and to present yourself well will guarantee a sale. What does it have to do for a CEO, for instance? 
Absolutely, man. Good follow-up. So I would say a good way to simplify this phase, though, is that communication is an accelerator of dreams. It's an accelerator of dreams. Whatever you want in your life, communication just helps you get there faster. So let's say in, in podcast hosting, if you're a top 1% communicator across all of the people who have podcasts in the world, you'll beat them. You'll get more downloads. You'll get more people who gravitate towards your message. So that's one example. Doesn't mean communication skills are a must, but they help get you there much, much faster. So that's one example. CEOs, the same thing. They could still get the result that they're looking for. Well, that's to build a billion-dollar company, million-dollar company, have 100 employees. But if they're an exceptional communicator, it makes their life much, much, much easier. Like, imagine if Elon Musk was an exceptional communicator. Would he have an easier time getting to the success that he's had or a harder time? Things would have been way easier for him. He just never bothered when he was 16 or 17 or 18 years old to work on this or later in life. So that's the way we need to think about it. The reason why communication is important as it helps accelerate what we want to do. And there's three facets, presentation skills, giving a sales presentation, giving a keynote, pitching to investors. I'm just giving a few examples here, doing town hall meetings. The second one is leadership. How are you giving feedback to the people around you? Are you inspiring them? Or are you just drilling them with information? And then the third one is relationship building. How do you build influence? How do you talk to people in a way that they say, wow, Faisal is someone I really want to get to know, and that really helps you too. So there's a lot of different answers to your question, but that's kind of like the main themes there that come out to me. I mean, the power of words is insane what words could do. They could affect you psychologically and whatnot. They could, as you said, like influence people to follow a certain step or follow a certain path. Um, but, you know, there are many books out there that talk about like how you should present yourself and how you should speak in order to gain, you know, the, all that attention uh, or like, sorry, maybe not attention because it might be like a, the wrong word to use here, but maybe gain influence or gain more followers. Um, but like, do, would, do you have any books that you would recommend for, uh, you know, for public speaking and the, the, the power of words on people's lives? For sure, Faisal. So my book recommendation is always different than most of my industry because I don't recommend Dale Carnegie stuff because everyone does. So, so here's what I'll recommend instead. A book called Thirst by Scott Harrison. So Scott Harrison is the CEO of Charity Water. It's a nonprofit he started to help people gain access to clean water. And the reason I bring him up in the context of this conversation is one, he's like one of my greatest heroes. But the other reason is because of his ability to storytell. He's an exceptional storyteller, and he's also a practical example of someone who used to be a nobody, like a nightclub promoter in New York City, to raising hundreds of millions of dollars for clean water, all because of communication and public speaking. And there, there's a great quote in the book that I always love to share, and the quote is, the goal is not to live forever, but rather create something that will. And that's a quote that I always think about in my life. That's actually a really nice quote. I should start using it more, to be honest, because it, it, it simplifies or maybe it, yeah, it simplifies what I'm trying to do with my podcast. Whenever someone asks me, why did you start this? I tell them, yeah, I want my legacy to be remembered. I want to influence people. I want to entertain. I want to reassure them that it's okay to feel down. It's okay to be sad. Uh, so yeah, I'll keep that in mind. I'll definitely keep that one in mind. Uh, but like again, uh, 
So your YouTube channel, I was taking a look at it, to be honest. And for me, it was fascinating. You have like, I think you're standing at 25.6K subscribers at the moment. And some videos are gaining like a lot of attraction. Um, so as a, maybe a, an influencer and a content creator, I would like to know like, how long did it take you to reach that stage? And what did it take to reach that stage? Yeah, man. I, I mean, it was difficult. Let's put it that way, especially with me because I started YouTube really late. I started in 2019, right? When when YouTube was pretty saturated as a platform. So it actually took me two and a half years to get to 10,000 subscribers. Two and a half years. So I've been doing this for three and a half years. So the last year I got 15,000 subscribers. So that's how I hit 20. I hit 25K like last month or something, which we're all super happy about. And now the channel's going really rapidly. But the first two and a half years, man, it was terrible. I mean, what did it take to get there? That in itself is the whole episode phase off you want it to be. Mm. But I'll give you a list. One, I spend ten to $15,000 a year, money I didn't have back then, on my YouTube channel a year to hire my best friend. That's why my videos look so good. So I put it in real money. But back then, I was probably making 60, 70 grand a year as a consultant at IBM. So I was probably pouring in 25% of my salary, my personal income into a YouTube channel that had like 500 subscribers. That's because I believed in my message before anyone else did. So instead of moving out of my house, which is what most kids do when they're 23, I stayed with my mom and I said, instead of spending $15,000 paying stupid rent, how about I hire my best friend and make my YouTube channel the priority for my life? So that's the first thing that I did. And that's just one of many. The second thing that I did which is literally the conversation that we're having right now, is what does it actually take to grow following? I've always believed, Faisal, that it's not about 10,000 followers. It's about 10,000 conversations. 10,000 one-on-one conversations, like the one we're having right now. Why did I agree to the show? I have nothing to gain. Literally nothing to gain, Faisal, besides Mm. helping you. But you know what's going to happen at the end of the show? You're going to be a raving fan of me. Because you're going to see that even if I have the count, I'm pouring myself into you with literally nothing. I'm pretty sure I won't get a client from this. Pretty sure I won't make any money because your audience is younger. But because no other communication coach is willing to do what I'm willing to do right now, you're going to talk about me for the rest of your life to all of your friends whenever they say the word communication. You won't say Dale Carnegie. You'll say my name because you know me. And I knew when I started the, I knew when I started the YouTube channel, I don't care if the YouTube algorithm pushes me. And they only did it once for me. One time in the history of my channel, they did one time, twice actually, if, if I stand correct, two times. Every other video didn't get pushed by the algorithm, but I knew what would push my, the, uh, my following, phase out would. If, mm-hmm. I got, if I guessed it on 10,000 podcasts, which is something nobody's willing to do in the world, I knew I would win. And that's exactly what happened. I've probably guessed it on seven, 800 podcasts. I didn't care who the wow. audience was. I didn't care. I've been on some really big shows and I've been on shows that only have one person listening, which is the host. And I didn't care because what matters is having a thousand raving fans, people who adore you because the people who adore you, it only takes thousand people. Cause if those thousand people share a YouTube channel with 50 people, you're done. You have 50,000 subscribers. And that's what happened with me. And I feel a lot of us, especially when we're younger, we're very egotistical. 
We go like, oh yeah, like I should have 25,000 followers. No, these are real people. Why should people listen to you? You should invest the time and do what most people are willing to do. Just today, I'm looking at my calendar right now. I have six interviews just today, right? Wow. And that's even at the level that I'm at now, even now. And that's why Gary Vaynerchuk wins. That's why he's the winner because he's still willing to do it. And that's what I try and model too. Well, as, I, as you said, it's all about showing up. I agree. It's about showing up, doing what it takes to get it done and like pushing through no matter what. That's insane. To be honest, like I respect people who put like in a lot of effort and who do like when I first started, I thought, oh, you know, by two months, I'm going to have what, 600 downloads. It's like, so we're standing this is the fourth or the fifth month, I have like 300 downloads. So it's like half. But I'm like, you know what? I'm just, this just opens my mind that I need to like start thinking creatively, start thinking about other solutions. What can I do to get more followers? Then I like popped, found Podmatch, which is what we're using today. So it's crazy how the world works. But yeah, it's not just you, but I'm not sure if you know who Joe Rogan is. He also of course, said, yeah, of course I don't do Rogan. Yeah. He also said the same thing. He said, don't look at the numbers. Don't look at anything. Just show up and do it. Do what you love to do and it will show at the end. Um, right, but let me push on this a little bit more because I think this mm. will be helpful for you. There's another part too because you had to keep in mind Joe Rogan got lucky in some ways because he was already known before he started his podcast because he was on Fear Factor, a lot of TV shows, people, any famous stand-up comedian. So he had a lot of that too, keep in mind. But for somebody like you getting started or somebody like me that we have no, like I had nobody knew who I was before Master. And I would argue most people still don't know who I am, right? But I think the key is, is there's a difference is you need to be willing to distribute your content. Like if I was you sitting in your shoes, this is what I would do to get a thousand downloads an episode. I would look at who's my ideal audience. And I believe you're based in Dubai, if I'm not mistaken. Right. Is that correct? No, Are you in like sorry, the, I'm, yeah, I'm Middle East, East? Yeah, Jordan. Middle East. Okay, you're in Jordan. Okay, gotcha. Mm. Right. So let's say you're based in Iman. Like, let's just play that as an example. So if I was you, I would focus specifically on the Jordanese audience, right? On the Jordan audience, the people who are based in that country. Because when the local audience is always the easiest one to win because they know you, you can build relationships with them. So if I was you, I would just I would just interview Jordan influencers specific to that country and build a very raving fan base and potentially even do 10% of my episodes in the local language in Jordan. So that way you have no competition. That's how I would do it if I was in your shoes. The way that I did it, because I don't have a lot of competition in my niche, because since I'm competing in communication, there's not a lot of people my age doing communication content. So all I did, remember those case competitions I told you about, Faisal? Yeah. Like I said, I really poured into those people. Like I've probably coached 70 people, hundreds of people, and I didn't ask them for anything. I didn't make any money. It was just for free. But that's why it was dangerous. Because when I started the YouTube channel, I went back to those 500 people and I said, guys, one favor, get me to 1,000 subscribers on my YouTube channel. And I got there in four months because all of those people stood up and promoted my channel even when it sucked because they believed in me. And that's what you need to do to grow. Yeah, I, I got recommended this by a couple of people. They said, you need to make use of the fact that there aren't a lot of, like podcasts aren't famous yet in Jordan. There are people Correct. who know them, but there aren't a lot of people who are committed to them. There's a, the majority don't know what podcasts are. 
and they did recommend doing it in Arabic. But then now I'm looking at the numbers and when I look at the figures, I see that most people come from uh, an international background. So that's why I'm still sticking with English. Like, I'm not sure if you have any more insight or like if you have any advice, let me know. Like, should I, should I change my area of focus? No, no, no. I, I think English is good, Faisal. But the only difference of opinion I would give you is when the local market, you don't have to, to do your podcast in Arabic, but definitely going to Arabic events, right, in Jordan. Like, I was actually supposed to go to Iman for something. I chose not to go this year. I'll probably go some other year. But, like, just going to, to other events in your local area to meet other people that's the best way to actually win. So like most of my subscribers in the early days of Master Talk Faisal didn't come international. They really came from me, like pushing the channel locally in my city. But since I was the only person who was making YouTube videos on communication in Montreal, everyone bought into me. And all the business I closed in my early days was in my local city too. Now my audience is super international. So even if you're some of the people you're getting right now are international, my advice would be win the local market anyways, because I guarantee if you win an Iman, you'll get a thousand downloads per episode easily, easily, easily. If everyone just knows you, because they don't know anybody else. So they'll just listen to you. Yeah, true. Good any publicity is good publicity. That's what I was saying. So exactly, <laughs> publicity is good, definitely, uh, and exposure. But one thing I want to ask you, like, I'm really intrigued to know whether you teach your, um, or they're not mentors, sorry, mentees, right? Uh, whether you teach them how to improvise. I do, I do. So, so we can talk about this because super easy. So it's an exercise I teach called the random word exercise. So basically what you do is you pick a random word like phone, like headset, like cup, like paper towel, any, any word you want. And you create presentations out of thin air. So what I force clients to do is I have them do the random word exercise three to five times a day. And what I always tell them is if you can make sense out of nonsense, you can make sense out of anything, Faisal. That's really the key. Is if you can make sense out of nonsense, you can make sense out of anything. But you need a, you don't need to hire a coach for that either. Do this with your friends. I always recommend, especially for people a bit older, to do this with their kids, to do this with their families. So that way you have an automatic accountability system and communication becomes fun because that's the point of it. So that's the best way to learn improvisation really quickly. You know, that's actually really similar to something that I used to do back when I was at school. So I think I remember when I was in 11th grade, uh, we had uh, people from Toastmasters. Are you familiar yep. with Toastmasters? Yeah, such a great program, to be honest. I was really invested, but unfortunately at that time, I was still a little bit shy. I wasn't really outgoing and I didn't talk a lot. And I really cared what other people thought of me. So that really set me back in many ways and it prevented me from doing things I would I would have loved to start doing earlier. Um, but yeah, Toastmasters, for those who don't know, is like a, it's a nonprofit organization. Uh, it's a club that teaches public speaking and leadership skills. Uh, have, you, have you ever tried uh, like joining? Them? Did you ever join them or anything? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm a personal fan and advocate of Toastmasters. And the reason is very simple, Faisal. Well, first of all, before I even get to that, I, I feel you're very self-aware for your age. It's okay. I don't. I think you're a bit hard on yourself. You're like going, oh, I'm shy. My life is over. It's like, it's okay. You're probably like 22 or something. It's okay. Just just go back to Toastmasters mm -hmm. tomorrow. It's not like they closed the door on you or anything. So, so yeah. 
that's my point on that. But at Toastmasters, I recommend it. I think it's great, especially for somebody who can't afford a coach like me. I think it's ex- excellent. It's probably like, I think in Canada, it's like a hundred bucks a year or something, 150 bucks a year. So very cheap. And it's a great way to get accountability. The only thing I would say with Toastmasters, if you join it, is bring my videos to the club. And what I mean by that is Toastmasters teaches some content, but not a lot of it. So I always recommend mixing the YouTube channel because the stuff that I teach is professional. It's very like what well, people spend thousands of dollars to, to pay me to coach them on. And it's all free. So mix that and find accountability buddies in the club to work on those exercises with. The last thing that I'll say with Toastmasters, Toastmasters is good for most people, except for individuals where their time is more valuable than their money. So I'll give you an example. If you make over $100,000, $150,000 US, let's say a year, in that context, Faisal, I usually do recommend hiring a coach because the result is just faster. Because you don't want to spend six months in Toastmasters unless you can't afford a coach. In that case, totally do that. Or if you're young, like you, do Toastmasters. But then for, for other people who are executives, I definitely recommend a coach because you'll get the result in four weeks. Yeah, um, yeah, I do understand. There might be a difference in the content that you're trying to provide. Uh, Correct. But like, I, I was wondering, how do you come up with so many ideas and so many things to talk about in your YouTube channel? I wasn't looking because at first I thought, to myself i was like i'll probably find like 10 20 videos but then there are playlists and things keep going on so how do you generate all these ideas i thought so too man i thought when i started the channel there was only going to be 10 20 videos so you know behind me you see a white wall but what you don't see is the village behind me who is helping me build master talk i have a mm. designer who makes my thumbnails my best friend danny cl- picks my clothes picks the film spot does all my camera work does all my editing I have a whole village of people who supply my ideas. So, and I just become the the messenger of those ideas. So let me tell you what happens. Most of my ideas come from people like you. Because what I do when I do podcasts, regardless of the audience, it's always about the host for me. They'll always ask me a question that I don't have an answer to. So for example, yesterday, somebody said, what do you think is the relationship to communication and mental health? And I said, oh, that's really good. I've never made a video on that. So I write it down on my paper, which is my phone, and I write a script on it. But the other piece that's important, Faisal, is I write my content. I really want people to hear this. Years in advance, I write my content, not days, not weeks, years in advance. My content for 2023 is already done. I'm in the process of writing 2024 now. So because I'm so ahead and because I'm getting questions asked all the time from clients and people, I I don't actually have to come up with any new ideas. They ask me questions because they want an answer to their question. Like uh, one of my best ones, how to present in a second language. No one has a video on that on YouTube except for me that I know of. So somebody asked me that question. I said, yeah, let me just answer it. And that's how I come up with new ideas. But I don't invent any of these ideas. I just invent the answer to other people's questions. That's really good. I There were multiple times. I mean, I know I'm just like 10 episodes in. Maybe this one that we're recording right now is the 11th. There were multiple times I had absolutely no idea what I want to talk about. And then, boom, it clicks. Someone says a word. I'm like, wow. Okay, let's start researching. I, I know like I need to record in two days. Like, oh, there's not much time. What can I do? So I started like going, going around trying to find 
the most valuable information and whatnot. It's it's crazy. But being like you, this organized and planning in advance is definitely something I want to get up to. Um, I would like to have like multiple ideas generated. I do have like a small list, but I'm just going with the I'm going with the flow a little bit right now. Um, I'm not being too hard on myself. Otherwise, I knew I might be. I might just get bored or something because I also have like a side job. Are you still, are you still working? You still have your job at IBM? No. So I made it work. So I actually quit my job uh, 13 months ago. So, because uh, what happened basically, and I'm happy to walk you through that was I, I was doing really well at a job and I loved my job. IBM was great to me, great company, but I wasn't fulfilled. So I figured out a way to, to make the business work. And what worked was not YouTube. YouTube doesn't make me any money. It's like a hundred bucks a month is this. And I spend a thousand a month on production. So I'm losing money uh, pretty much. But what ended up making me money was coaching. Because if a hundred executives, 50 executives pay you a lot of money to get coached by you, your income is replaced. And that's what happened. So in June of 2021, I quit because I replaced my full-time income. Never looked back ever since. Fair enough. You've had the second option. Like you had the backup. You didn't do it like out of... uh... And it wasn't like an impulsive decision. But for me at the moment, I, I do have a job. And this is like a thing that I do on the side. So sometimes it gets pretty hectic at work. You know, as a software engineer, you're working with banks, it gets pretty crazy. Um, and any issue with the banks, like a critical issue for them, it's a must. You have to solve it now. This is really dangerous. So the amount of time that I have, is is kind of limited and i'm trying my best so i give myself a week of research then a day of recording a day of editing and publish a week of research and the cycle continues uh but who knows like um maybe maybe one day if this thing explodes like uh, i'm just going with the flow at the moment if you know what i mean um but you know we're we're kind of approaching towards the end and do you have any like last advice to give to the listeners for sure man thanks for having me on here's what i'll say in the context of what you said because i used to be a tech guy too i was an sap consultant at ibm in tech so so and most of my clients come from that industry these days because so i worked the same hours you did here's what i'll say which is more advice to everyone but i think it applies to you too is are you making your purpose a priority i think the difference between you and me was i never thought of it like i'm just having fun with it until I was maybe a year into it. probably the first year I was chill about it. But after the first year, I was like, no, I want to, I, I want to get this done at any cost. So I worked a hundred hours a week, right? Oh, I probably wow. worked. Yeah, I did. I probably spent like 60, 70 at IBM and 20, 30 on master talk, but I did anything to make this, this business work because I did not want to spend my time in my 20s working for somebody else. I really wanted to, because I felt that the message I had was so important for people that I said, I don't even give a shit. If I make 50 grand a year, which is what I did in the first year when I was at a corporate, I make, I make much better now. But the first time I was like, I don't care. If I make it 50 Gs a year and I'm sleeping on my mother's sofa, but I get to do this full time, I'll do it. I just find most people and I'm so happy. It's great. And obviously the financials worked out too, but that, that's a bonus. I think for me, the biggest thing is people don't make conscious decisions about what they actually want to do with their time. So here's a question that I'll close with. So if I gave you a billion dollars right now, if I made you an instant billionaire, what would you do with your time? Because you don't have to work as a software engine anymore. You don't have to retire True. at 65. You can retire right now. 
And when you start thinking about that question, then the game becomes obvious because we are billionaires, Faisal. Me and you, but we're not billionaires of money. We're billionaires of time. And it doesn't matter how much money you got in the bank when you're 65, you cannot buy your time back. It doesn't matter how rich you are. So just be more thoughtful about how you spend your time in the same way I was with mine. You just opened the door for so many questions. Like, I just wish, I wish we had like three hours to talk because I've got like a billion We could do a part two. You're, you're a cool guy. We could do a part I, two. I would love to do a part two. Um, honestly, honestly, your, your words are, they like go right into my heart, you know, straight to my heart. It just influences me. It's like the, your words, your choice of words, they're amazing. And honestly, you have something great going on. And I would recommend that you put a thousand percent, a hundred, not even a hundred, a thousand percent in because it's great. It's great. It's something like it takes a lot of courage to do what you did, you know, say no to work and yes to your passion, something that you, you, it's your purpose basically. Um, but do you have like any, if people would like to follow you and listen more to your content, um, what would you recommend? Like, yeah, absolutely. absolutely. Phil, thanks so much for having me. This was great, man. So two ways to keep in touch. The first one is definitely the YouTube channel. Just type master talk in one word. And then the second way is attend one of my free communication live trainings over Zoom. I do a free one every three weeks. It's fun. It's live. It's interactive. And if you want to register for that, it's rockstarcommunicator.com. Wow. It's nice having you, Brendan. It's really nice having you. I hope we'll get in touch soon. Maybe record the second part. Uh, have a great day and see you. Talk to you soon. You too, man. Thanks so much. As for you guys, I hope you've enjoyed this conversation with Brendan. I think he's a very interesting dude and I'm looking forward for another conversation with him. Honestly, I really enjoy it when I converse with someone who is passionate and who has a purpose and finds purpose in what they're doing. Um, there is still a lot I would like to ask Brendan and a lot I would like to know if you are interested in knowing more about how to communicate effectively, if you have any questions in mind, please feel free to either send us an email and our email address is thehighlowpodcast at gmail.com or you can send us a message directly through Twitter and our Twitter link is at THL underscore podcast. Other than that, I hope you have a great day and I hope to see you soon. Adios. Till next time.